Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here with a uh, BP supplement. Uh, so David is not here, it's just me and a guest who hasn't been on in almost 300 weeks. Wow. And We're on episode 97, Yep. and uh, we just recorded episode 380. Now, I'm a so. loose cannon, I'm a loose cannon on this show. Everybody <laughs> that, knows me, if you remember me from the last episode... Yeah, people had their opinions. I had an, I had a, I had a not a very secure uh, childhood. So oh, good, all right. People had their opinions. I know, no one liked me. I remember. No, people enjoyed you quite a bit. I enjoy, and and what's more important than our stupid listeners is that I enjoyed you and David enjoyed you. Oh so no, no, your, your listeners are really, really wonderful. Actually, I read the comments. I mean, oh, on the other shows. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, and I appreciate people that know more, than, uh, know more than me about film. I really do. I always, whenever I get around a film buff like yourself, I just like to listen and, uh, and learn a little bit, you know, because uh, I really don't have the patience to watch a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know. Well, we will get to that, uh, we will get to that uh, in a moment. Yeah. Because uh, that is not an uncommon thing that people who make movies... Uh, actually don't watch a lot of movies, yeah. which uh, seems counterintuitive. But yeah, I, so, I got to get on it. I got to get on it. So it's been several years since you've been on. What have you been doing since then? Well, I made a movie called Jason Nash is Married. It took me like three years to make. Mm -hmm. It sat on the shelf for a year as Comedy Central was trying to put it out. Mm -hmm. And now it's here. And um, it's been, I think we're like a week in and it's just been amazing. It's It's been the best time of my life, really. Oh, boy. And um, great, great reviews and, and getting a lot of phone calls. And, you know, it was funny the, the first time when you put the movie out, uh, you, you're, you're going a month before the movie. OK, can you help right. me? Can you tweet this? Can I get on the radio show? And you're really just working off goodwill. But what's nice now is people are seeing it and they're OK pushing it. You know, they're. Yeah. So that's a whole different thing that I didn't even think about that. Okay. The movie's good. And, uh, or at least, at least it's being well received and I think it's good. I mean, I thought it was good and then I was getting like rejected from film festivals and stuff. Hmm. So then I was kind of like, Oh, maybe it's not good. Maybe I'm just crazy and I never made a film before, but, uh, yeah, everything's been great. We're number, uh, number 12 on iTunes. Oh wow. Moving up. Yeah. And, uh, just trying to break that top 10, which is why I came here today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. No, we'll you will. We'll I mean, put, listen. We'll I feel like I feel like this audience is the audience that will get the movie. Uh, that is probably true. Yeah, um, or at least be interested enough. Yeah, to check it out. Yeah, I was happy that uh, that I was able to get a chance to watch it um, before before talking with you because yeah, you, wrote, you wrote a crazy piece you were a crazy uh, it was like amazing that's the first time i'd ever had someone write like an extensive piece on something i did <laughs> okay. and and it gave me a new appreciation for for criticism oh okay it was really good that's good because you put nice yourself in there a little bit oh my yes absolutely. which is great and a lot of people don't do that like when you read like a new york times review it's sort or like a variety review it's very straight mm -hmm. but you really put yourself in there which i liked i think i feel like you kind of in certain cases, you have no choice. Like if a movie resonates with you, like your film, which we'll, we'll go into more detail about, uh, resonated with me as a married man. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I was single, it probably would not have resonated with – I probably still mm -hmm. would have enjoyed it, but it wouldn't have met, meant the same. And so it's like, well, if I'm aware that this is why – 
it's resonating with me, then I should incorporate that aspect of my life into it. And very so I, good. Yeah. Well done. Well done. And also I didn't write it for battleship pretension or even my other website, more than one lesson. I was, I'm a guest writer on this other show called on this other, uh, website called let there be movies, which is not, is that uh, a Christian site? It is a Christian yeah, yeah, site. Yes, yes. I thought. And so, um, cool. And I, I only write stuff for them like every three months, so I feel like I should uh, really pad it out uh, and make sure it's G- well over a thousand words. Give them a good piece. Exactly. Give them a good chunk. Exactly. Uh, and I also, the last thing I wrote for them was about a, a, a low-budget Western with Ed Harris called uh, Sweetwater. Sweetwater, yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently what I like to do with them is talk about movies that are relatively low profile, but that I think have really interesting themes and that people should see. It's great, man. So, um, it's great. All right. Jason Nash is married is the name of the film. Yeah. Uh, it is being put out through comedy central. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long voyage, but I want to go back to, because you made this film on you, like you said, you made it on your own before comedy central took it up. Yeah. Uh, so what was the impetus for, deciding to make this movie in particular i've just always been in love with like um guy with singular point of view mm-hmm. and 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 a person acting their point of view yeah i just love that and that you know obviously that starts with woody allen mm-hmm. and then you know goes to people like louis and lena dunham i saw lena dunham's movie tiny furniture mm-hmm. and i was like i gotta do this i got to make i want to be the person because i feel like sometimes when you put when the writer puts a person in that spot, there's 90% of the time there's a, a disconnect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, when you watch a sitcom and um, I'm trying to think, well, like I'm trying to think of an example, just any, any kind of sitcom that you, or, or I have friends who write movies mm-hmm. and then, you know, there's, there's, there's about a handful of guys that can be cast yeah. in that movie to get the money. Right. You know, you're talking comedy wise, mm-hmm. you know, whoever, uh, Ben Stiller, Danny McBride, yeah, Adam, Seth Rogen, Ad, Adam yeah. Scott, Seth Rogen. And to me, sometimes if the movie's real personal, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not interested. I would have rather have seen, I had this conversation with Julie Klausner. She's like, well, you know, why, why do I want, why do I need to be in it? And I was like, because I, I want to see a direct There's a difference path. between Jerry Seinfeld and Ted Danson. That's Ted right. Danson, great though he was on Cheers, and he was great. That's right. Um, you could just t- and that's, and it's weird. Ted Danson, an actual actor, Jerry yes. Seinfeld, not, and yet somehow because he's the force behind it, there's still passion, and he knows the exact way to sell the joke because he wrote it. That's right. And so I feel like uh, I feel like you can see that on screen. Yeah, I just love that idea, and um, I think Paul Rudd did a really good job. With the Judd Apatow movie, that didn't feel mm-hmm. disconnected. I think he really, really yeah. got what he was supposed to do there. Um, but yeah, Seinfeld's a great example. That's my favorite show of all time, and everyone's favorite show of all time. And or, or Larry, Larry David. Oh yeah, I mean, that I one, mean, that's even, unbelievable. Maybe even more than Seinfeld because he is playing a very specific version of himself, and oh. I feel like my, that might be considered a good template. For Jason Nash is married. I started out, Curb was my favorite show, and I always wanted to make a Curb, you know? Mm-hmm. And then as I was making this, I was like, well, I want to make a Curb, but I also want to ma- make people feel, and I want pe- I want to have, like, a heart. I want to, like, rip people's throats out and just make them really, really feel 
what I was feeling. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to combine those things, and I didn't know if I could do it. And then I just tried to find a tone in between where it worked, and you know that's what the movie is to me. Yeah, and th- and that's the you know much as I enjoy career enthusiasm, though I haven't seen uh, the last uh, season or two. Um, that's one where the the philosophy of you know no real emotional depth. Uh, yeah. it's fu- I, I appreciate their commitment to it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, and part of the humor comes when like something that seems genuinely, uh, like the loss of his mother or something or the, or his divorce or something like that. It really seems like, okay, they're really going to delve into something here and they don't at all. Yeah. And the fact that they sidestep it is very funny to me, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but you seem to want to capture in many ways the awkwardness uh associated with that show uh but also bring in uh the heart to the extent that uh like anybody anybody who read that long review of mine might be under the impression that this is a hard-hitting kitchen sink drama yes um but it is not but it certainly has some rather uh heart-rending uh elements to it yeah and so how did you because you're a comedian first and foremost like how did you decide all right, I'm going to make something that is funny, but I am not going to shy away from the harder elements, uh, emotional elements. Because uh, I, I, I just walked around, like, depressed for, like, the last, you know, like, eight years. Just mm. very, like, wishing I was more of a person or more complete as a person. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of beauty and sadness. And, and, um, and when I see a, a lot of comedy, I'm just kind of like... Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not somebody that's like thrilled with network comedies. Yeah. Um, you know, not to name any names, even the really good ones. I'm just kind of like, uh huh. Yeah. I, I understand. He's, he's, uh, he's a nerd and, and he's, you know, awkward. It's fascinating that there are, that, uh, that there are so many comedies, both on television and in film, where they're doing what they've been doing for 40 years. Yeah. And th- there's, there's always a, made a, a way to make something fresh, but they don't seem that interested in that. Uh, you don't need to name names, but I go, I'll, I, I will. Yeah. Uh, CBS. Stuff that's on CBS. Sure. Uh, I've Very popular, too. Incredibly popular. Yeah. Uh, and admittedly, uh, that's part of this is on me. I've, I watched one episode of How I Met Your Mother. It yeah. was the finale. And I watched it because I was talking about it on Paul Goebel's TV podcast. Um, I've watched as much of Big Bang Theory as I can get through, which mm-hmm. is not much. Mm-hmm. And it just astounds me. How, how are they so popular? There's nothing really new going on. Like, they're yeah. dealing in character archetypes. Which, again, doesn't bother me. Seinfeld dealt with, dealt with character archetypes, like the goofy neighbor. But, th- I mean... One, one thing that really... card finish, I'll let you finish. But. Just that, that it just astounds me. Well, Not merely the success, but also that people feel the need to make this. Yeah. To just keep this going. Yeah, one thing that really bothers me is when I see a show and the, the man is like... The man has to, the, the male has to fit into this certain thing for a oh, comedy. Yeah. It's got to be dad's bumbling, yeah. uh, dad screwed up and is dying to fix it with the wife. Yeah. And I just, that's just not interesting to me. Like, and that's not who I know. I know fucked up people. Sorry. I know messed up people. I know. I don't like to swear anyway. Oh, okay. I, I know messed up people who, um, 
and I just don't want to watch that. I, I, I don't want to watch the, the fat guy that comes home and, um, it just doesn't, it's just not real to me. Yeah. It's... Even modern family, which is a great show. I see the dad and I'm like, why, why can't he be a little, what I, I guess... like about modern family is that he's at least bumbling in a different way. Yeah, that's like, true. He's not an oaf. If anything, he's oversensitive, and there, therein lay the the issue. Yeah, because he's still oblivious, but in a different way. So they found a new way. And Ty Burrell's great. I think he's a really good actor. Right. So they found a new way to do it. But it's you're right. It's still like Dad is kind of clueless. And yeah. I remember. Um, I was I was a big fan of Ray Romano in the in the '90s because I had seen him on uh, Doctor Katz. Yeah. And I had seen him do his first ever set on Letterman. And that first set is what caused Letterman to say, there's something special about this guy. And then Everybody Loves Raymond came along. And I remember I was really excited for that. And I watched the first season, really enjoyed it. But then I found, I thought that his wife played very well by Patricia Heaton. Mm -hmm. She was so virtually abusive to him. Mm -hmm. And I remember it's like, I, I, I had this thought of, well, this is a comedy, but if the roles were reversed, if he was this to her, it would be a hard-hitting HBO drama. Mm -hmm. But somehow, because it's him, mm -hmm. uh, it's viewed as as the the pinnacle of comedy. But at the same time, it's like, well, that it's really nothing new. I mean, the honeymoon the honeymooners did it uh -huh. again. It's not, it's not treading any new ground. No, I guess Archie Bunker, she he was kind of abusive to her, all in the family. He was, and yet somehow he, people still found him lovable. I don't know. That show fascinates me. That show is fascinating. Yeah. And, and there's like a great deal of affection underneath it, whereas I never felt like Ray's wife and Everybody Loves Raymond really liked him. Yeah. She just couldn't wait to be away from him. He was another one that was always like, oh, I gotta have sex. If I'm good, I'll get sex. Yeah. And that turns me off as a, as a guy. I'm like, yeah. you gotta, you've gotta like... You have to earn sex? You have to earn it? There's a name for that. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it? Prostitution. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can pay for it one way or another. If I have to, earn, you know, if I have to earn sex, I'm like, oh, well, I just yeah. won't have sex. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I deserve <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, that, those kind of things bother me. So that was what I wanted to make, and I wanted to make something that didn't necessarily make me look good because I'm not a that, good, I'm, I'm not a good person. I mean, I am a good person, but I have, I have horrible, a horrible side to me. You know, I, I get uh, angry and, mm -hmm. uh, and all kinds of things, and to me, that's what I wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, and and one thing that I like is that, I mean, it's called Jason Nash's Married, and it's mostly about this, you know, a fictionalized version of you, not unlike Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, and the uh, sort of the crumbling of his marriage, but it is also about, I think, what it is to be an artistic person. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. And being married to somebody who is... And I believe in the in the in the film. I believe your wife is also in the industry. Yeah, um, but it's not exactly the same. And so, uh, and to to be the person who is sort of the variable to the spouse's constant. Uh, you know, my wife. She is a creative person as well. She's a wedding photographer. She has uh -huh. a very successful business, uh -huh. and I have a day job and stuff. But I'm the one chasing the dream of film criticism. Right around the time that film criticism, many people. Uh, acknowledge is going away uh, uh -huh. in its current form and so is that because they make less movies no it's just because uh honestly film criticism is going away because of people like me because right. the internet has democratized it so much yeah yeah that it's hard to 
plenty of people can be critics. Very few people can be paid to be critics. Yeah. And so the idea of critic as a career choice is uh, lessening a bit. Although I still, we've had plenty of people on the show that have that have gone on to do that and do it well. And so, uh, you know. So you related you related to that trying boy, to have oh an artistic endeavor, right? Endeavor, yeah. I know, that's, so. It's crazy, right? Because why would you? Because you go down this road where you're like, you get out, you go out of college or whatever, you get out of high school, whatever, and you're like, all right, I, I, well, what do I really want to do? Well, I have this big dream to do something that I love, and then the other choice is to go to a job you don't love. Yeah, and then you know, but it doesn't even seem like a choice at all. No, it doesn't. It's not for me. It wasn't like I, no. I would kill myself if I was at a job, and so I just feel like, you know, I was. I was trying to explain that in the movie that, you, yeah, you don't have a choice really because I'm not going to, you know, be miserable or, and also like, I can't, I can't go get a job at a bank. Like, no, I, I can't get a job. Like no one's going to hire me. I can't do anything. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I could maybe, I can maybe get a job as a janitor, but probably not. Yeah. I'm not good at much. Right. I have. You're good at this. I can type. I can do this. It's arguable whether I'm good at it. I can do it. Right. Um, and then I, uh, the job that I have now, which is a, as a photo editor, I got the job with no knowledge of Photoshop, but really? I had, but I had a bit of a visual sense, probably because I was a movie person, and so I was able to learn it. And that's so now Photoshop is a marketable skill that I have had to learn uh-huh. because I got laid off of my previous job, which I was not good at. Uh-huh. And so it's just, uh, you know, and. I know that uh, – where are you from originally? Boston? Boston, Boston area? Yeah. Okay. Um, and B- Boston I consider a, somewhat an artistic town or at least because it's a big city, I think sure. people are Berkeley's more – Berkeley's there. Uh, yeah. And so – Not a stand-up. Yeah. Like a lot of – there's a, a pretty rich history. Like it's like Chicago or, mm-hmm. or any of these other places. But, um, you know, a number of my friends that I – I'm not from Missouri, but I lived in small-town Missouri for a few years – and, uh, and it was a very good experience. I liked it a lot, yeah. but a lot of people would say to my mom and occasionally to me, like at my church, they'd say like, wow, he's, he's doing it. He's going out, he's going out to Los Angeles. <laughs> well, I, well, I went to school in Chicago. Yeah. So it's like, he's going to Chicago and then he's going to Los Angeles. Like yeah. that's really, that's really brave. And I'm not trying to do like a humble brag because to no, me, it's I like, love it's this. Like, I do. I can totally relate to this. This is what happened to me, but then I haven't, and I keep going. And my thought is like, well, that's nice of you to say that, that, that it's brave. It is. But it isn't. It brave. is brave. I guess in a way it is really brave, but to me it just seems like, well, what else am I going to do? It's right. It, it's it's. I don't know. It's like, uh, like if you say like, uh, somebody is only courageous if they have fear and overcome it. Like, oh, I see. I mean, I had fear, but it was more just. But I'll just be miserable doing anything else. So it literally felt like I had no choice. Right. I had to pursue it. Good. So it doesn't seem Good. like brave. It doesn't seem brave to me. I understand what you're saying. Um. I guess what I guess when I left, yeah, I, I guess I was the same thing. I was like, I wasn't going to stay in Boston and work. I remember I had a job one day at like, uh, it was a summer job right out of school. And it was at a big, big accounting place like Ernst & Young or something. Mm-hmm. And like, they were like, yeah, well, you can have a job at Ernst & Young for the summer. And I was like, okay, great. And it was like $12 an hour. Yeah. I got there, coat and tie. There was like 30 of us, all the same age, all white dudes, all in coat and ties. And the guy goes, okay, here's the thing. You're going to sit at these phones and here we've got some numbers here and you're going to call these people and you're going to, you know, get them to buy, to, you know, to give us money and we'll put mm-hmm. them into a portfolio. 
And I didn't even, I sat down and I was like, I didn't even know what I was going to do. I was just like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, I started calling people and they were rude. And I was like, and I just left. Yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I've heard stories like that often from comedians and I wish I had, see that, that's brave. Like I've never been able to quit a job within a few days because like, this is not this is not for me. Like you I've, got it. That's I've one of the best jobs. things I, that I've learned is to cut out immediately. <laughs> Honestly, I got a job the other day to write, mm-hmm. and it was writing for like um, who's the host of The Bachelor? Chris Hansen, not Chris Hansen. <laughs> Chris guy. Harrison, <laughs> who's the guy that catches pedophiles? Yeah, Chris yeah. Harrison. Yeah. No. And I just started doing it, and I was like, nope, nope. I will forego this money. Wow. I just can't do it. Like why, why life is so short. And it's so, and that's interesting because, uh, especially out here and admittedly you've been at it for a while. And so you have the, you have the freedom to do that. You can get jobs elsewhere. Um, but it is interesting. The mentality out here is like, you got a job writing. Someone's going to pay you to write regardless of what it might be that you're supposed to write. You got a job writing. How would you, why would you ever quit? Yeah. Um, but that's, and that is the benefit of, but like you, you should success. you should see my car. Like my car is like awful, awful, <laughs> awful, awful car. So smelly. I need a new car so badly. Mm-hmm. And I just am like, well, I'll just keep driving this and try to make another movie. You know, that's just my choice. So that, that is, I make. So that is the next thing. Like you are now. You consider yourself a filmmaker, and this is what you want to do. This is what I want to do. I'm okay. trying to. My next movie. I need a. Uh, well, this sounds so stupid and okay. people are going to roll their eyes, but I need like a Robert De Niro type, like oh, okay. a, a tough older guy. Not that I would ever get Robert De Niro. Right. So I'm trying, I'm in the works now of trying to get this, find this person. Hmm. You're, you know, you listen, this is where you can, you want to help me? Sure. Let's do it right now. Let's, so okay. you've, you've seen every movie. All right. Let's think about like How old, much older, older dudes that I can get. Chaz Palminteri. That's really good. How old do you think Chaz Palminteri is? Mm, he's probably in his early 60s now maybe late 50s i don't know he has a look it's that, someone to play my dad okay so 60s is what we're looking at yeah jazz palmentary could do it um you know i bet he's i bet he's free i you know what i hate to be mean but i i feel like he probably is too i lo- but first of all i love him did you ever see the movie he made with robert de niro oh, uh, the bus driver oddly enough no bronx Hill's so good yeah uh, all right keep going come on uh let's see what about like don johnson no. Okay, so you okay? So when you say De Niro, you don't mean Italian. You mean just an, a big, doesn't have an to be Italian, guy. just okay. an older guy. That like Ray Liotta would be good, but I don't think he's old enough. And I also hear that he's you know hard to work with. He's Ray Liotta. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do this because now I'm bad mouthing all my chances. That's okay. You say good thing. I'm not going to say if I get Ray Liotta, yeah. I would drop on the floor. Obviously, yeah. Karen, Karen, what are you doing, Karen? <laughs> no, I told you to put the coke in the toilet, Karen. <laughs> And now I have to turn you down again. Sorry, sorry. Um, but uh, and you know what? he's he's kind of at an uh, at an interesting age in which he can play younger than he is, but he can also play older. Yeah, um, he's also. I'm funny. not. I'm not sure if he could play your dad though. All right, let's keep going. What about um Philip Baker Hall? He's not that tough though. He first off, he can be tough. I think he's too old to play your dad. Don't get me wrong. Philip Baker Hall, in my opinion, is one of the best actors ever. Yeah. I recently made my list of the top of my top 10 favorite lead male performances. And he's in there for uh, the f- playing Richard Nixon in a movie called secret honor. I never saw it. Uh, it's it, there's only one character. It's Richard Nixon ranting for two hours. No. Yeah. It's great. It's a film. Yeah. Robert Altman film. 
Oh, um, I gotta watch more Robert Altman. So the key is Who's your favorite filmmaker? Oh, uh boy, that's hard to say. I like Orson Welles, I like Robert Altman, really? I like Jim Jarmish and John Cassavetes, I like the Coen brothers. Um Coen Brothers. Hitch- yeah. Hitchcock is pretty amazing, of course. Uh Did you watch Fargo, the T V series? I didn't. I don't have FX. The, it, it was so good, and just the one thing I want to say about it is just that tone where it's like funny and then like horrifying and then horrifying. Yeah. I, I, I love that tone so much. It's so brilliant. That, I, when I heard that they were making a TV show of Fargo, I remember thinking like, well, okay, they're not adapting the movie as far as specific characters and events. So I thought, what are they going to do that makes this Fargo? And then I started reading reviews and you, and everyone said tone, the tone, uh, the, yeah. obviously the setting, but the tone is so right yeah. that like you're laughing and then you choke on your laughter and some horrible yeah. thing happens. Uh, and, the best. Uh, and it's got a great cast. I really, uh, I'm a big fan of fan of, uh, Billy Bob Thornton. And so uh, I was excited to see it, but I do not have FX. And uh, oh, yeah. so uh, I will have to wait. You should for come it. over. I'll watch it. Absolutely. I have it recorded. Let's do it. It's so good. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Well, we got off track. Sorry. Okay. So we're casting this thing. Um, well, okay. So, you, and you're looking for tough specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It got to be really tough. Tough. And this is where I'm going to sound insulting. Tough and someone that you think you could get. You don't think yeah. you can get a Robert De Niro type. Chaz Palminteri, I think, is possible. What about Stephen Bauer? Do you know who that is? I do know who Stephen Bauer <laughs> is. Yes, that is solid. Uh, yeah. He does, I, I hate to sound mean, he does look more ethnic than you. Yeah, but, um, but my dad is ethnic. Is he? Okay. Yeah, my, right. he, my dad looks like Stephen Bauer. Oh, well, it's, then you should get Stephen Bauer. And you know what? I, you could, I think you could get Stephen Bauer. You could get Stephen Bauer. Yeah. He was in Scarface and Traffic and other things. It'd be amazing to like pull a, uh, find somebody who was amazing and drift drop, dropped off. Oh, yeah. Well, and I tell you, uh, somebody that I always go back to, but I think he, is, he might be a little old at this point, is Robert Forrester. Robert Forrester is a great suggestion. And he played kind of the tough dad in The Descendants. And he was just in Breaking Bad. He was, and he was wonderful in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wonderful in Breaking Bad. I cannot speak highly enough. He's only in like one episode, right? When he's just the the go-to guy for... Maybe a couple? Maybe a couple. But boy, he's great. And uh, speaking of Breaking Bad, another guy, Jim Beaver, who's the gun guy. the, The gun dealer. He was also on Deadwood. The gun dealer? Yeah. I remember the gun dealer in Breaking Bad. I watched every episode. I don't remember that. Uh, he, sh- he only shows up like twice, um, but he's great in every, in every one. What about Mike? He's, uh, what, what's he, his name? Uh, Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks. That would, I think that could work. Um, I think he did just sign with, uh, to be a part of another TV show. Though. And I so think he's got from a big sp- movie coming out too. Yeah. Scheduling wise, I'm not sure, but, uh, <laughs> you know what? He's telling his agent. <laughs> Let me get back to you. Um, I'm on well, hold. I'll keep it. David Morse. Oh, yeah. Who's that again? Oh, boy. I David know the Morse. name. Okay. Well, he's been in a bunch of things. Did you see the John Adams miniseries? Yeah, like a minute of it. Oh, he was George Washington. Um, Morse. He was in Disturbia. That's why I, ha- I own Disturbia. Oh, yeah. So I have David to Morse. He's the, yeah, yeah, the villain yeah, yeah, in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, a, he's been in a million things. You'd know him if you saw him. He's one of those kind of guys. Okay. Uh, he's, gr- oh, boy. I'm going to bring you on That's as a, as a producer. Good. Uh, sure. Why not? One of my favorite things, by the way, is coming up with casting. Do you like I, that? It's, it's fun, right? 
it's uh, on Battleship Retention. We regularly do fantasy casting, uh, or I do. I do it because I love doing it. And so, like, I did a recent fantasy casting of like an update of uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, that's great! What did you so, have, Sasha Baron Cohen? I went with Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. It's Frankenfurter. Uh, just, I was trying to think of something that would make it a bit more mainstream while still being the thing that it is. Yes. With uh, Who else did you have? In the Susan Sarandon role, Janet. Uh, Amy Adams. Great. And then James Marsden as Brad. Great. Who, is, who pulls off that tone perfectly. As Rocky, the, like, super, the uh, super buff singer uh i thought of uh, zach efron yeah as eddie played by meatloaf obviously you got to go jack black but why why isn't this being put together it's a good question why don't you go put this together because i'm busy with other things i'm busy in the in the the breakneck world of podcasting i don't know man that sounds like a <laughs> slam dunk uh we got to have you on more often. I always appreciate your positivity. That sounds like a slam dunk. I mean, I would go see that. Why, why isn't someone doing that? Have you, have you checked into it to see if someone's got that going? Uh, I haven't uh, checked into it. Uh, I never check into these things. But, if so, but you know what? If somebody uh, is listening to this and they said, hey, uh, let's, let's remake Rocky Horror, and, let's, and they go with one of my choices, then awesome. Get a, have you written a script before? Uh, yes. Either you write it or get like, somebody to write it with you or hire a writer. And go in and with a script and get those people and make it. Well, I Why guess. Why wouldn't that, you do that? Well, I, that's a good question. That's a slam dunk. Why wouldn't you do it? I think. I wonder who has the rights to it. It's virtually impossible. Because someone has the rights to it, right? Probably, yeah. I wonder who does. They remake or, everything now. That's the thing. So. I guess we're going to be seeing that soon. I bet someone's going to hear this and go do that and steal that idea exactly. I, if I had to guess, I would say there's probably a solid thousand people that have had that idea within the last week and probably 200 that are working towards it uh, because, I, I don't know. But, but no, none of them had me sitting here telling you to do it. That's true. That's true. Uh, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, out of the, I'm out of the Hollywood game. You are. I don't, I don't you should have... do it. You're in a much better position. You're, you've got nah, you're like number that. 12 on iTunes. You've got Hollywood by the balls. You can like, do whatever you want. I wouldn't want to do that. You don't have to direct it. You can just produce it and cast it. No, that would never work. No one would ever listen to me. <laughs> Fair enough. You could be a producer. You've I got that so. quality to you. Well, I like to, I like to not have any, any windows on myself or any ceiling on myself. Exactly. And on, or on anybody. Mm-hmm. I, people come to me with crazy ideas all the time. I always go, yeah. Do you it. would be the one jump out of an airplane. <laughs> do it. You should do it. What's the point? You know, you want to do that? I do. I, I just, uh, I don't want to. I hate any kind of restraints. I don't know why that is. That's why when I did your show before, I was trying to be crazy and uh, mission accomplished. Well done. Knock it out. You know, not. Uh, I think the only person to be as polarizing as you were yeah. is Josh Fadum, who's on pretty regularly. And he's, he's a, we should have the two of you on one show and, uh, oh my God, I would love that. I love him. Yeah, man. That would be, you ever see him do all his physical stuff that he does? Those yeah. little videos. Those are so brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's great. I send them to my family in Boston cause they love like physical old timey stuff. Yeah. And it is, it does feel old timey. I mean, yeah. And I send it to them. They're like, like, this guy's great. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Josh's and, uh, but he is polarizing on the show cause he's a bundle of energy. And if he's not in the best mood, then yeah. he's just going to shit on every movie we talk about. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
And he's a guy, you said you like people who know movies. He's a guy who knows movies. He knows he movies does. more than I do. My God. It's, it's pretty amazing. You have a movie over here, two of my favorite movies. Well, okay. Sideways. That's a good one. Is my fa- one of my fa- one maybe my top five. Okay. Goodfellas, Sideways. Um, I really like the uh, Knocked Up. Knocked Up. Annie I think Hall. I prefer Forty Year Old Virgin, and then you do. of all of those, Superbad is my favorite. Superbad. I think Superbad. Superbad is, is really good. That's that's first off, it's hilarious, of course, but yeah. also it's it's really nice relationship movie between these two friends. And yeah, it's, and it's that high school thing where you're best friends with someone, but you're just slowly you can just see the cracks, and it's like, oh, I'm not going to be talking to this person in four years, like not because we dislike each other, but just you start drifting apart, and you see it at the end of the movie. There's nice yeah. visual representation as they're on different escalators, going literally going different directions, yeah. um, or maybe one person is and the other is not, but whatever. They're going different directions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I love that movie. I haven't seen it. In a I long gotta time. watch that again. I like Sideways because there's just those two types of guys yeah. in the world, and 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 I'm always, I'm sometimes I'm Paul Giamatti. Yeah, okay. And sometimes I'm Thomas Hayden Church. Really, I've depending only on who I'm hanging, depending on who I'm hanging out with. Okay, you know, like I have friends who are like crazy, crazy, and they'll get me into crazy situations that I don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I have other friends that I'm the driving force. Where I'm like, come on, let's go. You know, let's do something wild. And I, that's what I love about that movie. I'm I'm in love with uh, with a male on male relationship. It's. I, I really it's love that in movies because it is. It's just a fascinating thing. Like, you know, because females, for the most part, they show their emotions and they talk so much. Mm-hmm. But males, they don't, and so I just think there's so so much interesting, so much stuff there that's so interesting that you kind of have to read beyond what you're seeing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why I love, I love that movie. Yeah, it's and it's interesting to see. Uh, male buddy movies now because I think the like what you just said like men tend not to talk about their feelings I feel like that's starting to change probably in the last 15-20 years certainly with my generation Yeah. if anything we talk way too much about our feelings and we are way too navel gazing and we can't we can't talk about anything else Yeah. Uh, and so I'm interested to see what will happen to the buddy movie uh, as my generation starts making movies I guess we already have. I've, I'm older than I than I think I am, but uh, but yeah. And so um, so we do. We should. Uh, well, we're 35 minutes and we're all right. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about uh, about your film. Yeah. So uh, real quick, uh, for those that don't know, uh, what is it? And we talked about it a little bit. What is it? Uh, what is it about? In case you're just joining us, <laughs> that happens on podcasts, right? In case you took the arrow and just jumped to the 30 mark. <laughs> <laughs> and took the mouse. Um, what's it about? It's about when you fall in love with somebody. It's like when you find love before you find yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And I just felt like that was a good area to go to. Whereas I, I'm, I would be okay like being a failure. I think it's okay to be a failure alone, but like in front of someone else is so awkward and painful. Hmm. To go to do like a stand up set and to bomb in front of your wife is to me the most horrible thing I could think of. And um, so that's sort of what the movie was about. Yeah. Is about. Um, and uh, and it was also 
it was also an area that I knew I, I could shoot for $10,000. Yeah, absolutely. And so there was no explosions. There was no big parties, scenes. There was just usually me and two people and a camera uh, acting. And then, uh, you know, and I liked that. I, I liked the idea of not listening to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked the idea of people telling me no and going and doing it anyway. <laughs> and... um and that was, I mean, the more people that told me no, the angrier I got. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to make this movie and you will see. I will, then I will come and I will, I will drop the movie off at your lunch table. <laughs> you know, and so um, that was what I wanted to do. And you got, you, you roped a lot of your buddies into it. There's I roped a... all the buddies in, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and that's really, I, I, oh, I'm so indebted to all those people mm-hmm. who have major careers going on much more so than me. And, um, you know, if you want to like, if you want to call any of those people, they're busy. Uh, yeah. Like I Rob Cordry, has got like a TV show, his yeah. own TV show that he created yeah. and is producing and writing but he's also like being put on movies like every five seconds, like someone's calling him to be in a movie. Good okay. ones. Like he's in the way, way back, which mm-hmm. I love that movie. I didn't see it. You got to see it. It's so good. I've heard mixed things about it. Yeah. I, I know I some people it. don't like it, but I've seen it like six times. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been on when it's on cable. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not that old of a movie. Yeah. So that means you've seen it six times in the last cable. like Just, year and a half. I also grew up on the Cape a little bit and it takes place on the Cape. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And so you just know that kind of, and also my parents were divorced and I had a stepfather. So it's just like, and I love, I love watching, like, I love watching Steve Carell just do this dick turn. I, I'm in love with watching people who aren't nice. You know what I mean? And are, are bad. Mm-hmm. Like, like Tony the Sopranos. Oh my God. Oh yeah. You know, or. But you know what's interesting? Uh, Steve Coogan. Oh my God! I mean, did you ever see the trip? Yeah, he's such a dick. He is. He is uh, I believe I might have actually mentioned this in my review of Jason Nash's Married. That oh I, yeah yeah, uh, because you are playing a character named Jason Nash, yeah. whose certain aspects of his life are similar to yours. Yeah. Um, but you play him as you know remarkably um, inept at yeah. times. And uh, and very and very selfish and that sort of thing. And you know, one thing that I didn't like about the film, uh, yeah. this is the end. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff I like about it. As, as from a Hollywood satire and and actors supposedly satirizing themselves. Yeah. It felt pretty toothless. You watch the trip. Yeah. That's somebody really sat not merely satirizing themselves, but using sat- satire. As an opportunity to look inward and say, okay, so who am I really? Am I this? Um, it's, it, there's, a, there's really a level of uh, commitment there. That Don't you is, love that? I love that. Yeah. Like Steve Coogan is, has basically devoted his whole career to, convincing, to making money, convincing you that he's a horrible asshole. Yeah. It's astounding. And he might not be that. I don't know. I have no I idea. Know. I don't know what he is. I don't know what he is. I instinctively feel like I wouldn't get along with him, but that's based entirely on this persona he's put out there. He might be the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, there's been a lot of people like that that I've met over the years that I assume are going to be dicks mm-hmm. and are just the nicest people. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, I've never met Joe Rogan, okay. but I had a I had a 
preconceived notion of him. Okay. And I used to watch him do stand up like, oh, he's probably really tough. He has a certain vibe, I would say. But, every, uh, but everybody I know, really close, close friends who are comedians who I really respect, are like, he is the best guy. Hmm. Like, not only does he, is he nice, but he helps people. And like, I've heard him yeah. do like, I know he like did a lot for like Ari Shafir and he did a lot for Duncan Trussell. Mm-hmm. And these are guys who are really funny that need, need breaks. Yeah. You know, they need this little bit more exposure. Yeah. You know? Um, so anyways, yeah, but, uh, I don't know what we were talking about. So yeah, I just love that. I love, and the other thing that was great about the movie was, um, just watching all those people. They're all so good. Yeah. You know, they're all so trained and like, they never failed. They, no one, no one failed. The people that, that came like Baron Vaughn and Baron Vaughn is, was cut out of the movie, but like he came and like did this, there's a deleted scene. Like if you go to Jason Nash's married.com, you can see yeah. the deleted scenes. If anybody wants to do, if you don't want to buy the movie, you can go watch the deleted scenes. But, You'll get it. Yeah. You watch those deleted scenes, you get the general idea. Of right. The film, right. Sure. You'll get the general idea. Um, but everybody who showed up, I was, I was just so impressed. Like Jerry Minor, Busy Phillips, uh, Mary Lynn, Mary Lynn just showed up one day and I was like, okay, it's this, this, it's this and this. She was like, okay. And she just like killed it and put it out. You know, she, there was a scene where she had to, uh, she had to walk on the side of the house and be kind of stalkery. Mm -hmm. And she was like, um, she was like, I know I'll put, I'll put leaves in my hair. I'll put leaves all in my hair. And I was like, oh, it's such a great choice. Put leaves in. And then, so now when I see it, in the film, I laugh so hard. I'm not sure if the audience gets it or not, but I just love that little thing. Or Jordan Rubin, um, he's playing like a real dick to my wife. He's really a real dick, and I and I have to get him something to drink. I said, "You guys want something to drink? I want water." Mm. And he goes, uh, "Gatorade." <laughs> he says, "No." He says, "I'll take a Gatorade," which <laughs> is such a great thing to say because it's like, who asks for? Who assumes that I have Gatorade? Yeah. Um, who else? Who else? Swartzen. Mike yeah. Blyden was so good in it. He just, uh, Swartzen, oh my God, he was just so funny. And, um, who else? April Richardson had a little bit. It's just all those little things. The sequence with, with Rob Corddry and I believe Paul Shear and Andy Wood, right? Oh God. That, that was, one was delightful. I really enjoyed that. You can see like, you're watching Paul Shearer and Rob Cordy, like, oh, they, they know each other really well. They do mm-hmm. improv together. And one person does one thing, and then, like, Paul would, would do one thing, and Rob would just kind of hook onto him. And you're like, oh, my God. This is, to me, that's, I'm not going to stop talking about this because I sound like an asshole, but to me, that's the greatest thing in life to watching, like, people be funny. And I just love that so much, mm-hmm. watching people come up with stuff. Uh, and creativity for that matter any kind of creativity watching someone like in the booth like rap or freestyle yeah love it yeah back when i used to uh you know write and stuff and and even in in high school when i was part of the tv video staff and we would like oh nice sit down uh what kind of equipment like, did you have did you have cameras and stuff yes what would you do like a news program or uh theoretically and then eventually it just turned into uh just silliness you know oh, uh which was delightful i did a and and then i i came to realize when i when when i became when i was in charge of the of the staff and i realized oh wow my my sensibilities are different than my my uh, fellow students cuz i i made a movie called uh, sorry i made a like a little half hour thing called uh, Glock Renegade Cop and it was 
basically our, my version of like 1970s black exploitation movies, though, of course, small town Southern Missouri, there were no black. No people. way. Uh, so it was just all white guys. <laughs> uh, but, but I really enjoyed it. Do you it. have it? I don't have it. Well, at least not here. I think I have it on a VHS tape somewhere. This is what you need to do. <laughs> you need to go have your mother send it to you. Okay. Actually, go home and get it. So you just doesn't get lost in the mail. Copy yeah. it. And then give it out to your fans. Oh, boy. They will love it so much. They might love it. I don't stand by a lot of the stuff that I made in high school. But, yeah, but uh, so what? You were in high school. Fair enough. Uh, and then, of course, I, like everybody else, we did a Blair Witch parody. And then I did a thing... Oh, boy. Uh, Shortly after Columbine. Oh, God. Yeah. uh, My school district uh, passed the the Safe Schools Act. It might have been something that was for the whole state of Missouri. But uh, but and what it said was that you could be you can be suspended and charged with assault. If you like if I said to you, it's like it's like I'm going to hit you. Yeah. If I said it, I could be charged with assault. Oh, wow. And that seemed wrong to me. I didn't like the idea yeah, yeah. of that. And so I made a, a parody of like Saved by the Bell, but with major overtones of 1984. Oh, wow. Uh, which was ridiculous. Dude, you got to uh, package these up. That I'm actually kind of proud of. And that one is no longer in existence. Hey, can I use the bathroom? Uh, absolutely. Just pause for a sec. All right, we're back. Oh, man. I'm uh, just been drinking a lot of water. I've been really run down trying to promote this movie. And. I think I'm. I think I'm ready to run, be run down and. Well, and that that okay. So th- this is what fascinates me. Yeah. Uh, among other things, is uh, Orson Welles has a wonderful quote in which he talked about how movie making is two percent movie making and ninety eight percent hustling in his own terms, uh, which could mean any number of things. In his case, it meant desperately trying to secure funding yeah. uh, but it could mean any number of things uh, and the movie is made and it's being distributed and so uh, so now it's all about the publicity part of it and because I mean you're basically a one man band like this is your show all the way through you wrote it you directed it you you know produced it and you're the star you're the face of the film oh and your name is in the title my name is in the title and so I mean like, when is this going to stop for you? Such a great or is it just going to keep going? Because I know, has it aired on Comedy Central no, yet? No, not till okay. September. Not till September. So you might be doing this until September. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. And I've, I've been, and I, you're so right. I didn't even think about it because when we had the premiere on Wednesday, I was like, oh, then I'll hang out on Thursday and Friday. And I was like, oh, no, no, I can't. You know, I'm so naive all the time. <laughs> you know, like when I went to work at Ernst & Young. And uh, I just was, so I've just been nonstop. And now there's so many ways to get it out there. Tweet, yeah. podcast, radio, you know, TV, uh, Facebook. Facebook yeah. Facebook's been amazing. Like, let's say you have, let's say you have 300 Facebook friends. What's the average people have? Maybe you have 180, an average person. Is that, a, I don't know. Okay, let's say, I, let's say you have 300. How many? I, have, How many you have? I have a lot of. Uh, I have got like I think eighteen hundred. Yeah, but you're like a, you're like a miniature celebrity because you have <laughs> sure. fans and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll, okay, so that's a lot. People are people I actually know. Let, let's say you're just like a regular guy and you work in a bank. I'm going to say uh, regular guy work in a bank. I will say two fifty. Fine, great. So that's so the regular guy at the bank watches it and he sends it to two hundred fifty people, but like it means so much because mm-hmm. you know Carl. 
Yeah. And you're like, oh, I know. I like Carl's sensibility. If Carl says it's good, and it's just that's just amazing to me that every little bit counts. And and the reason why we're at number twelve, I, I haven't been on TV. I haven't been yeah. on radio shows. It's all, you know. And I've been. I definitely have been manipulating it and pumping it up and asking mm-hmm. and pushing. But it's all from Vine. Yeah. It's all from Facebook. It's all from Twitter. And uh, I just think that's incredible. Just incredible. I mean, when we were growing up, like, you know, you saw a commercial for the movie, that was it. Or if you had any, an art house film, you, like, maybe yeah. went by the theater and saw it on the I mean, there was, there was such a thing as word of mouth back then, but now word of mouth spreads so fast. Amazing. Um, one way or another. I mean, if it's bad, people find out it's bad quick. Yeah, um, that's right. And that and that reminds me. So let me ask you this, because, I mean, we've we've talked about how this is a film that is very funny, but also has some pretty rough moments to the extent that. I mean, I would venture to say that the film has a pretty solid air of melancholy throughout. Yeah. Have you gotten any negative feedback as a result of that? People saying this wasn't funny. Yeah, there's uh, a couple. This isn't what I wanted. Yeah, there's a couple. There was one review that said um, if you're sneaking this at. If you're watching this at work, um, don't feel bad because your boss is probably watching Amy Schumer. Your bo- if, you know, if you sent this around at work, you won't get in trouble because your boss will send you back Amy Schumer. Hmm. Which to me was like a really ignorant, really ignorant um, th- thing to say. Because, like, I, yeah, I could have made it funnier if I wanted, but I, sure. di- I didn't want to. I, I, I didn't, you, can, you, know, you can talk about like, talking vaginas all you want and you can talk about and I think Amy Schumer is funny but like you can I, I just at some point with comedy I'm like yeah 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 I, I get it I get it it's <laughs> it's it, we're done you know I, it's that kind I of I like that you're burning bridges here it's like that kind of comedy that where you're like uh, you've just seen it and I don't I don't I'm not laughing anymore yeah and it's and the thing is the existence of one does not denote the existence of the other. Yeah. You can be a big fan of Amy Schumer and also go and watch and enjoy Jason Nash's marriage. Yeah, it's just I a different like, thing. I can enjoy Sideways and Airplane. Yeah. Completely different That's right. styles That's of right. humor. That's right. And I love both movies. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and it happens, I mean, it happens with everything. Uh, yeah. And so that idea of, of, Oh, you know, you could, the, uh, you, your boss is probably watching Amy Schumer and you should be too. Right. Somebody might prefer that style of humor to yours. Yeah. And that's fine. But to say you, it ha- it should be this instead of this. Yeah. You know, when they're two completely different styles of comedy seems silly to me. Ultimately, he liked the movie. That's oh, the other that's thing. Good. It seems to be, there, there's been a couple of reviews like that too, where they drag you through the mud mm-hmm. and then in the end they go, rent it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I go, why do, what, 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 what were we just doing for the last four paragraphs? Maybe they feel an obligation to a uh, independent film and they're just Maybe. Like, like, look, I don't like this movie, but I like that movies like this get made. So rent, give it, the, give it some money. The guy, the guy who wrote the thing about Amy Schumer too, I, li- I liked his review cause I learned from it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I see that. I, I understand. I mean, but that was my choice. My wife's boss, uh, you know, he said uh, he thought he wished the end was funnier. And I was like, I was like, well, 
Yeah, no, it's wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be really serious and make you feel something. Yeah. So, and that's and that is a line that you that that you tow when you're doing anything when you're criticizing something because you you're saying I think this would be better if yeah blank. Um, it must be so hard to criticize things. Well, never, oh, I it's remarkably never. easy to, cr- to try to criticize it well is hard because uh, that's the thing is a lot of people, including me. Uh, Do you ever second guess yourself and you go, well, maybe I'm not getting it um, like if you don't like something? I would say every moment of every day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, n- I have friends who also do criticism and their level of confidence, even when I think they're 100% wrong, their level of confidence makes me think, I think I'm probably wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely yeah, yeah, yeah. that... Someone couldn't be that confident in the wrong answer, right? Yeah. So it must be me. I'm. I'm. I need to change myself. Um, but that's the thing is, ultimately, I think if you're asking the question of, okay, do I think that this movie would be would better achieve its goals if it did this, or is it just it would work better for me? Now, some would say that the two are interchangeable, but I don't. Right. Um, I don't require that a movie be the kind of movie I want it to be. What, what was something that you reviewed that everyone loved and you didn't like? That everyone loved and I didn't like. I, I feel like that happens to me a lot when I'm like, oh, I think I was that good. What <laughs> happens to me a fair amount is that there'll be stuff... I, I'm probably more disposed, more predisposed to like something than not. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things that I like, or at least I will not hate, yeah. That other people do hate. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, like mainstream. So you're a bit more open minded to mainstream stuff. And I, th- I am too. I think so. Uh, I try to. I try to cut it whatever slack I can. The and fact say, that you love Superbad, I think, is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's, but uh, it is. It is. It is. Um, I'm astounded. It's a movie for everybody. Who, what was that? I think it's a movie for everybody. Unless you like. Unless you dislike swearing. Right. Uh, that's true. So if you're, it's not for my mom. No. But. Uh, but yeah, and so, um, but that's, and and of course, so that's that's film and art in general is trying to figure out, okay, what do I like? And if something fits into what I like, great. If it doesn't, then all right. I have a responsibility to say, okay, well, if it doesn't fit into what I like, is it possible somebody somewhere might like it? And thinking in, the, in those terms, does it accomplish what it's trying to do? If so, then I need to say that. And maybe even stipulate that it's not my kind of thing. But if you if you like it, great. Horror movies are perfect for that. I I have an appreciation of gore. I tend not to love gore, but I know people that freaking go insane for gore. Yeah. And so if I write a review, I'll say the gore is very well done. It's not for me, but if you like gore, this is your movie. Yeah. Um, you ever see Bad Taste? Bad Taste. That's. Uh, it's a movie I saw. Is that, is that a Peter Jackson movie? Uh, I might yeah, be wrong it might about be. That. Yeah, I think it might be. It's a movie I saw in high school that someone yeah. showed to me that blew my mind. Yeah, I never saw it's it. People's heads getting chopped off, yeah. blood everywhere. But still, uh, not scary. Yeah, just oh, no. kind of campy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's just an excuse for, for effects and stuff. Yeah. I might be wrong about Peter Jackson. No, I think uh, it might people be. People don't, don't correct me because I'm stipulating I might be wrong. I feel like you're right because I feel like I saw it in high school and didn't know who Peter Jackson was. And then Lord of the Rings came out and my friend who showed me the movie was like, that was Peter Jackson. Yeah, he started with really campy, gory, uh, dirty stuff. He made one called, I think, Meet the Feebles or something like that, which yeah. is like his version of like the Muppets. 
but it's very adult and they're doing drugs and having sex and stuff like that, which I never saw. But, um, but yeah. And so like, I feel like horror and comedy, maybe there are a couple other genres, not that comedy is necessarily a genre, but I feel like there are a couple other film categories in which subjectivity plays a major role, but I feel like those are the big two because you, you might be afraid of things that I'm not afraid of. Like, for example, I'm terrified of spiders, as admittedly I think everybody should be. They're, they're monsters. <laughs> they're the worst. Okay. So I go see Arachnophobia, which I did when I was eight years old because I wanted to prove I wasn't scared. Uh, <laughs> that didn't work out well for me, by the way. Um, so I find Arachnophobia to this day, I find it scary. But yeah. if you're not afraid of spiders, you will not find it frightening. And the film, in your opinion, will not be at all effective. Uh, but it's very effective for me. And it, and I feel like it's the same with comedy. I, I think that there's some stuff that I, I literally think there's probably something that everyone can laugh at, but I'm always, I'm always uh, surprised by someone who, who watches for me. I mentioned earlier, airplane is maybe the funniest movie ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah airplane's But there are probably people out there that watch it absolutely stone faced. And I don't understand it, but who am I to judge? When I was a kid, I thought it was the funniest movie ever. I wonder if I watched it now, what I would think. Uh, when I was a kid, it was it holds the up. funniest. It holds up does for it? me. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it does. Just the sheer number of jokes. And of course, there's no substance to that. Sheer film. number it's of jokes. All, it's yeah. all jokes. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and a lot of good, good jokes that were out of the left field, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> in, the, in the cockpit. <laughs> That's like just such a good joke. Yeah. And just, oh boy. And then, what's her name? Uh, talking jive. I speak jive. I speak fluent jive. <laughs> uh, is that Florence Henderson from the Brady Bunch? Yeah. 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 Uh, incidentally, uh, this is a, a BP supplement, so probably not as many people will listen to it. But I'll take the time to actually uh, announce here. Uh, for the month of August, we're going to take listener submissions. We're making another list, everybody. Of the top 50 comedies of all time. Oh, yeah. So what you'll do is you will email me. Jason Nash is married. Absolutely. Put Go it and watch there. it Put and it work in it there. in there. Mm-hmm. I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a supplement episode. I'm not even in the main episode. I'm sorry. Jeez. You could have been in, in a main episode three times, but your schedule kept getting in the way. The Damn only, it. The only way to make this work is if we eliminate one person from the schedule. Where's David? He's at his day job. What's he doing? Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't say. He doesn't say. Yeah. Does he deal drugs? Yes. He works for a meth dealer. Yes. David. Yeah. He's so mild mannered. I know. I oh know. my god! I had no idea. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't do the meth. No, he just smokes pot all day. That's no. why he's calmed down. Oh you know? my god! You don't get higher on your own supply. I learned. You know, because that I was weird. The other time I did the show. He was in his, he was in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I swear I saw like an arm out of his trunk. Oh, yeah. And I go, I go, David, what is that? He goes, oh, that's, that's nothing. Yeah, that's let's a- go do the podcast. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't think anything of it, but now it makes sense that he's, oh, like, yeah. he's a killer meth dealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Murderous fall, meth dealer. It all falls into place. Wow. Let me ask you a question. Speaking of meth dealers, <laughs> did you watch all of Breaking Bad? Every single episode. Did you like it? I guess probably if you how if you can, watch. How can you? I don't even like the tone of your voice right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even like where you're going. I know where you're going, and that's insulting to me and Brian Cranston and the show I created, Breaking Bad. Oh my! Okay, all no, right. I, I, I love that show. That's you didn't like it? Uh, I liked it a lot, and Brian Cranston is amazing. 
Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. Like if nothing, I don't, lo- I don't love the show, but I do what? love it. I do. I do love it for smoking track. No, hey, here's, with David. Here's my <laughs> doing drugs. I am his. I can't his imagine. Customer. I can't. I can't imagine what you're going to say. What are you going to say to possibly? Okay. What could you possibly say to me? I thought the costumes weren't right. I mean, I didn't like those costumes. That's <laughs> not true. The costumes are fine. Uh, I, what What bothered me? I, the acting uniformly amazing. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Paul, great. Uh, writing, oh, writing, amazing. I disagree. Oh, direction, amazing. I will mostly agree on that. Okay, and then you didn't like the writing. I didn't like the writing. Okay, go I ahead. I felt like uh, there was too much, uh, there's too much fan service and pandering. Um, fan service? How so? Just the sheer number of, like, okay, you said you watched The Sopranos. The yeah. Sopranos, to me, is about as perfect as you can get. I like The Sopranos more. Uh and my favorite of all of them is Deadwood. I think Deadwood is an astounding show. I yeah. like the, the Wire is pretty amazing too. I right. go back and forth between the Wire and Deadwood, but I usually land on Deadwood. But what I like about those shows is that they were actually there were some episodes in which quote unquote nothing happened. Yeah, you know there was no mob stuff. There was family stuff. So the characters were still being developed. Plenty was still happening. Yeah, but it wasn't mob stuff, and there are plenty of people. David knows more about this than I do. He's more the talking about the guy. Sopranos or, or Sopranos. Breaking Bad. Yeah, and uh, apparently, at the time, there were people who would say, like, "Oh, that episode was boring. Nothing happened." Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff happened. What you, what they mean is nothing violent happened. Nothing mafia happened. But plenty of stuff happened. Yeah, and you're still watching Carmela and Tony, and you're still invested in these characters. But that's the thing is when you're in the mob, I have to assume not every single day is spent killing people. Uh, some of it is probably spent on the mundane uh, laundering of money. And so that's one of the things that I like about The Sopranos was its willingness to not be to go sometimes pure character and other times plot. With Breaking Bad, something was always happening, always in every episode. And I think uh I felt like the they it was a bit schizophrenic in how it wanted us to approach Walt. I felt like it uh, sometimes it was like, can you can you believe this guy's such a badass? Right. But then it's like, but seriously, he's not a good guy. But he's such a fucking badass. Like it just right. I felt like it went back and forth, and I felt like it felt I, I felt like uh, most of the time that it condemned what he was doing. With, the, with a couple of exceptions, most of the time when it condemned what he was doing, that felt perfunctory and it felt much more like the show was constantly trying to high five me uh, because it was so badass. To the extent that I don't know if you if you read any of this, but with the last episode, there were people that thought that episode was a dream. Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. Yeah. I used and, to work for Norm McDonald. I saw him the other night. Well, uh, we I should, I want, I should have asked him about that. We'll definitely come back to that uh, in a moment because I'm a huge fan of Norm MacDonald. Uh, but he thought it was a dream. A lot of other people thought it was just a fantasy sequence. And Vince Gilligan came out and said, it's not a dream. And part of me, first off, I don't like that he came out and said, it's not this. It's oh, like, he did? Yeah. And it's like, it's not yours anymore. Right. We can interpret it however we want. You did what you did, and now it's our turn. You're right. But that's just me. Um, but the thing is, like, when this many people are saying that this is a dream that Walt had or a fantasy sequence in which he's thinking of all the stuff he would like to happen, that's when you know, all right, 
this is a show that is so, so often willing to pander to the fans when the last bit when the last episode feels like wish fulfillment of the main character yeah that's when you know it's it's a little bit too often uh going back to certain wells and stuff so that's it's something that bothers me but of course he didn't like when he was sitting there with all the the meth equipment when he died that's so good that was all right but again that's that's a function of uh that's a function of the uh, – there's writing in there, obviously, but I feel like that's – anytime, which is most of the time, but anytime it really gave the actors the opportunity to really do something. Right. I was totally on board. Brian Cranston is amazing. But you're contradicting yourself because you're, you're saying the opposite. You're saying anytime you gave the actors a chance to do something, and then you're also saying they gave the actors too much to do. There was too much no, no, action. No. Too much of certain types of things. Okay. Like there is plenty of stuff – uh, no, that's not true. Anytime there was a quiet moment that wasn't overwritten and it just allowed, um, the actor to take, to kind of carry the ball. That's when I was on board. There's a really great example. The last season was pretty good for the most part. I didn't love the finale, but that last season was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and when he takes the baby and drives away and he's on the phone with Skylar. Yeah. And he knows people are listening. And he's kind of going into character so that his wife is kind of let off the hook a little bit. Yeah. And the writing is all very obvious, as it should be. It's supposed to be. The character's supposed to be being very obvious. But Cranston is give is making that scene good. Mm-hmm. He's, ma- he's making it he's taking it from good to great because he's crying, like he's holding back while he's ha- having to act tough. Yeah. And that's an actor's moment. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been as good. It still would have been good. It's still a good idea. But it wouldn't have been as good if they hadn't just said, all right, Brian Cranston, go to town. And uh, so that's – so I feel like uh, the writer, the writing sometimes got in the actor's way. And I feel like if they had been – if they would indulged in more quiet moments. Right. And, and, and just trusted the characters that they'd created and the actors – I feel like it would have been, in my opinion, a great show like The Sopranos. Uh-huh. But that's, I've been talking way too long. Norm MacDonald, what is it like working for Norm MacDonald? Working with a, Norm MacDonald. He's the best. Is he? Yeah, so he's a really dangerous kind of fellow. What do you mean when you say that? You just don't know what's going to happen. And they used to like, some guy would always poke his head in the, to the office and be like, hey, is Norm around? And be like, no. He's like, uh... Make sure when he comes in, tell him to find me, because uh, we got trouble. We got uh, I got to talk to him. Got to talk to him. Like it was always like some kind of gambling thing, or or he would like be dating Elle McPherson, or yeah, he's just the, he's just and, and I learned more from him than anybody with about comedy. Like he's taught me so much. I I consider him something of a he's comedic a genius. genius. He's a genius, yeah, yeah, without question. His go watch his old updates. Like your fans should go watch them. They're the best. They are the they're the best. Or so the Germans would have us believe. It was the thing he always came back to. Did you ever see him on Conan with Courtney Thorne Smith? Oh yeah, I know the name. Uh, you know if it's it's got carrot top in it, I know a good name for it. Box <laughs> office poison. <laughs> Man, and you know, and his his bit. During the Bob Saget roast. Have you seen that? Yes. Yes. How is so it possible? Good. For, okay. <laughs> like, he took the cheesy, like, joke book jokes 
yeah. the cheesiest, oldest jokes you've ever heard, yeah. and he made that cutting edge <laughs> because it wasn't dirty. It's astounding to me that he chose to do that. Are you okay? Yeah, it's one of the greatest things ever in comedy. Yeah. What about, I saw Stephen Colbert roast Chevy Chase once. Okay. And he did it in a way that was like, he did it in that character. Yeah. So he was saying really positive. He was trying to be really positive about Chevy Chase, but yeah. he was absolutely eviscerating him. Yeah. That that roast doesn't get thrown around very much. Yeah. But that had one of my favorite jokes from a roast ever by Todd Berry, who I think yeah. is hilarious, yeah. in which he said, making fun of Chevy Chase isn't as easy as shooting fish in a barrel. It's as easy as looking at fish in a barrel. <laughs> and then he says, making fun of Chevy Chase is as easy as being somewhere near a barrel. <laughs> And I, man, and of course you got to say in that Todd Berry, uh, voice, but, yeah. uh, just, but apparently, uh, that one, uh, did not, the roast jokes did not go over very well with, uh, Chevy Chase, who no. was, uh, notoriously thin skinned. Uh, how, how would he do that then? Why would he do the a money? roast? I don't know. Maybe. Joan Rivers, she did hers for the money. She did. Yeah. I remember hers getting pretty crazy at the end. It did. She and, came out and tore everybody, went yeah. into everybody too. I think she. I think she's very funny. And did you ever see her the documentary A Piece of Work? Great. I love it. And it's in that that she talks about how some of the roast jokes really got to her, but they were paying well, so she was willing to endure it. I love the part when she's like, even now when I go on stage, I, I feel like I'm just starting over every every night. Like I, I don't. I never felt like I accomplished anything, or never no. felt that I got anywhere. Just starting back to zero, and I so related to that. I was like, because now I'm like, yeah, I just feel like oh, I got to start from zero and. You know, that you didn't, just, especially with stand-up, it's so, so hard. I hate stand-up so much. Do, do you, uh, I mean, you do a lot of writing stuff, and of course you've been working on the film. Uh, have you been doing a lot of stand-up lately? Or I was a little bit this year, and then now I'm just done. I just don't want to do it anymore. I hate it. I'm so, it's so hard. You know, I was really mad at myself for a long time, because I was like, oh, I, was like, I should be out there every night doing it, getting good. That's a real comedian, and... I just realized that my brain doesn't work like that. And, hmm. and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to quit and enjoy my life. Because it, it's just so... It, the other thing is like, you have to go up every night to get good. Yeah. And I'm not, not going to go out on the road. All my friends who are on the road hate it. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, you got a family. It's fun, it's fun to... Uh, like I said, it's fun to cut out early. Yeah. It's really important. It's really important not to hang in too long. <laughs> you know, because you're just wasting time. Yeah. <laughs> Quit. That is, that is something that my my dad had told me when I got my first job. Yeah, which is such a it's it's very antithetical to what you think your dad would tell you when you got a job. What he said? Uh, he said, "Just remember, it's just a job. There are tons of jobs out there. That's if, it good. Ever, if ever it gets, in your opinion, unbearable, and he says stick with it, it's probably not as bad as you think." He said, but if it, if it ever gets unbearable, there's other jobs out there. Oh, what a great thing to say. I know. That's awesome, because most fathers would not say that. No, not at all. Most fathers would be like, you hold on to this job with your life. Yeah. I, happen to be get, yeah, I happen to be getting a job at the same time my dad was in something of a transitional period in his yeah, yeah. professional philosophy. He bought a Miata and got a girlfriend? <laughs> he, had, uh, he was working, uh, he worked in uh, the oil industry for a long time on the, okay. cor on the corporate side. And then when we moved from Denver to Missouri, uh, he didn't want a job like that immediately. So he spent uh, a summer working on a road crew. Oh, yeah? 
He lost like 30 pounds. He came uh-huh. home stinking pretty badly every day, but I've ne- I'd never seen him happier. And then he really, had, yeah, but of I course that. that only pays so well. So he went back to a corporate job and worked himself to death. But, uh, but that, but I got a job right at that time when he was like, ugh, working is awful. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't let this define you. There are other jobs out there. Yeah. Assistant manager at Little Caesars, which was my first job. It's like, this doesn't have to define you. Believe me, just go and do your own thing. I project onto my kids all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. In what sense? Oh, something will happen to me, and then I'll be like, you know, me in my office crying. <laughs> Don't listen to them. Don't listen to the haters, the people that tell you no, because they, they, don't, they don't want you to succeed. <laughs> They're like, can we have some chocolate milk? I'm like, yeah. Just give me a second. <laughs> Let's all have some chocolate milk. We, all, we deserve it. Yeah. What was Missouri like? Humid. Wait, in what sense? Oh, is there anything to do there? What town were you in? What city? I was uh, in Nixa, Missouri, which is... Never heard of it. Uh, nor should you have. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's not true. You should have heard it because it is the original birthplace of the fictional character Jason Bourne. Oh. In the second and third movie, they okay. mentioned that he is a, his name is, I think, David Webb, and he's originally from Nixa, Missouri. Oh. Boy, that was a big... Boy, that, that was great. a big day, big day for us down there. Yeah, you got a Jason Bourne museum there or anything like that? <laughs> not yet. I, we're not doing the Philadelphia thing where we just put a Jason Bourne statue up or anything like that. Do they have a Tom Hanks statue in Philadelphia? Is that what you're referring to? Uh, they have a <laughs> they have a Rocky Balboa. It would be that's funny though. I I feel like they should. Have, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were actually asking or not. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and so. Um, uh, but no, it was uh, it was fine. There was there wasn't much to do, but I have pretty boring sensibilities anyway. So I just rented movies and went and saw movies, and it was fine. Well, you got your hands on movies there, huh? That's good. Yeah. Do you have an art house there? They do now. They didn't when I early there. beginnings yeah. of Tyler Smith. Uh, the video, video stores were my early beginnings. Did you used to go hang out there and like, loiter there and stuff? Were you friends? Were you chums with the guy that worked there? Well, eventually I became the guy that worked there. That's why, that's why, I, quit little, that's why I quit Little Caesars. Eventually I killed the guy that worked there. So it could be so all could, mine. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I could watch every movie whenever I wanted. And I cut his face off. <laughs> wore it. And so then when you were working at the video store, was it like, did you like see like a pretty girl and you're like, let me tell you, you could, you could get this, but a better choice might be this. Uh, did yes, that? I did do that. However... I did it with everybody. You not, did not just pretty girls. You're like, I was very like a, a bit of a know-it-all. Uh, or are you? You're you're passionate. I was passionate, and I would usually wait for people to ask. Yeah, they would say, "So what's good?" And I say, "Well, what do you like?" Right. And then I would say that no matter what somebody says, including me, there's always a better version of whatever it is they say. Oh, okay. And I'd say nine times out of ten, there's always a better version. Okay, good fellas. Um, Goodfellas is pretty damn good. Okay, okay. Um, uh, the Smurfs. Uh, almost any other kids movie. <laughs> okay, uh, Everything except the Smurfs too. Okay. Um, Transformers. You know, actually, let's stick with the Smurfs. Okay, Smurfs. Okay. Um, there is a uh, Studio Ghibli film called The Secret World of Ar- Arietti, which is based on the Borrowers. Yeah. And so, in both cases, it's people that are small uh, who live uh, this whole other oh, yeah? world for kids. It's for kids. Yeah. Oh, man. If you could tell me some kids' movies, I'd be so indebted to you. Because I've <laughs> run out of kids' movies to get. Because kids' movies allow me to do work. 
So if I can put on a kid's movie, this is my day usually. I wake okay. up, my Saturday. Yeah. Wake up, entertain the kids in the morning, then I take them somewhere. Okay. I take them to wherever. I take them to a museum or whatever. How old are your kids? They're eight and five. So then at like 3.30 or 3, they're so tired mm-hmm. that I plop them in front of a television. But I need a movie there so I can go in the other room and write yeah. for two hours. Sadly, I wish I could, I wish I could help you. you but you aside from kids movies. If you, you don't have shown, kids. I don't have kids. Ugh, uh, Jesus. I'm sorry. I have a cat. Yeah, That's got to be the same, right? Bring the cat over. <laughs> Uh, he would, uh, he would destroy your children. Yeah. He, he had a rough childhood. Um, but that's the thing. Uh, Disney, like early Disney movies. That's a good idea. Like there's what? Do, there's go, ahead, go, 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 go. The great mouse detective. Hey, this is good. <laughs> will you write a bunch down? Email me? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll email you. Cause they really be doing me a solid. I naturally assume like what, what did you watch when you were a kid? I don't remember. I had a horrible childhood and I blocked it out. Is that actually true? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. Okay. I mean, and what did I, I watched, honestly, I watched like comedies like 80s comedies like bad 80s comedies okay that's what i watched like, well, so I, you like, didn't really watch anything for your age group i think i can remember like i saw bambi and hated it fair enough i saw star wars i loved yes yes um i guess i could show my kids Star Wars, but you can't you can't download it on itunes can you not you can buy it on dvd and if uh, your like kids a, were anything like me, they'll just want to watch it over and over again. So that's a good investment. Sounds like a process. <laughs> you can go to Amazon and purchase oh, it, and man. it will be sent to you within a few days. And then I got to put it in the DVD player. You do. I'm sorry. And then like switch over to the right video. I'm done. I'm already okay, out. Okay, fair enough. There's a lot of Disney movies on Netflix. Watch Instant now. Oh, going through that Netflix Instant. I mean, what a chore. You know when you go to iTunes, you're like, I want to watch this movie. And you're like, I better check Netflix and see if it's free. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then you go over to Netflix. Of course it's not. Or 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 it's like you want Transformers and they have like Transformers. Oh, yes. Like, yes. you're like, is that kind of like, no, that's not even, trans, that's knockoff Transformers. Yeah, trying to trick you. So then you go back to like, that Netflix Instant. What a waste. I guess you like TV shows. I guess it's good. Orange TV is shows black. and uh, low-budget documentaries. It's not that it's a waste. I know it's a good product, but like, I can't physically get in there and start. I don't gang watch stuff, too. I like a nice week in between. Louie, I wait a week. Hmm. I don't gang watch. You don't, you don't like the, the, the binge watching? No, it's too much. One I, hour, let it percolate. I, uh, I wish I could say the same for myself, but uh, there... You know what? It's for me. Binge watching is a very it's a very bad instinct because what it often is for me is I want to just get some. I want to watch all of something and then I have it. Right. Then it's mine. Right. I watched it all. I can talk about it all. Right. I now own it. It's a part of me. But of course, I'm not watching. If I'm watching it solely for that purpose, I'm watching it for the wrong reason. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's but, really it's, interesting. but that is part of it. It's like I just want to be part of the conversation, and so I'm just going to catch up on everything. I'm going to watch the entire series. And now it's mine. Yeah. But you have to do that. That's your job. uh, It is some, some of it is that. Unfortunately, you know, it's like with anything guy that makes chairs for a living. Eventually he's like, loses the original passion for chairs, the chair making. Yes. I still have, I still have passion for movies. Oddly enough, TV shows. That's like TV is not necessarily my, in my purview, but it's one where TV is so good now that I want to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, it's why I, ki- I kick myself that I, you know, I would have loved to talk Fargo with you earlier, but oh, I yeah, couldn't, yeah. you know, well, we I haven't watched a single episode of justified. I hear that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the one 
show that I talk a lot about that I really like is Hannibal. And oh, yeah. I've tried Hannibal in a binge watch format. And all it did was make two episodes. And I felt terrible emotionally. Yeah. That is a show that that almost requires you to watch it with one week in between because you need recovery time. Really? It is rough. Is he, I love is it. Is he eating people and stuff? Yes, he is. And he's feeding people to other people. Hang on. He's eating people and he's also helping the cops find murderers? Yes. So why don't the cops arrest him if he's eating people? Well, he doesn't tell them he's eating people. That's the key. He's hiding it. Very few serial killers, in my experience, broadcast what they're doing. I see. And why, why do they think this guy can help? Because he knows about serial killers. Yeah, he's a psychiatrist. And he is a serial killer. Yes, they don't know that part yet. Uh. Right now, he's just a consultant. This is uh, Hannibal before what we saw with Anthony Hopkins do. It's a prequel to right. Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Uh. It's, the characters, uh, the book was called Red Dragon. Then it was made into a movie called Manhunter. Then it was made into Red Dragon mm-hmm. uh, after uh, Silence of the Lambs and the movie Hannibal, uh, and so, so yeah, it's kind of a kind of a prequel. Before, Sounds really far fetched. <laughs> it, it Again, I hate bit. I hate TV shows that are just like it is a little far fetched, but it's also like Banshee. What? He, what was that? He, you ever see Banshee? No. He kills a cop, and then he takes the identity of the cop, and. It's like, oh, man, that's a long way to go. Let me just make him a cop. <laughs> I like watching Banshee with my wife, and I just say, ban- I say, oh, well, what's Banshee up to now? She's like, that's not his name. It's just the name of the show. I, know, I, know, I like to call him Banshee. So then Banshee Detective comes John in. Banshee? Yeah, and then Banshee comes in, and he starts going all Banshee on him. <laughs> I love that, that show. Is a, that is a joke I always like. It's a good show. I mean, you know, it's kind of guilty pleasure. I've never heard of it. It's on, like, Cinemax. It's okay. pretty good. Cinemax still exists? Oh, yeah. Huh. I know, it's a weird thing, right? Because you have so much porn. Like, why, don't they, why wouldn't you just go on the internet? And why, why would you wait for a Cinemax well, movie at 11? Well, that's what I heard of. Like, I, Cinemax just became this trashy thing. They're doing original programming? Like Showtime? Like yeah, HBO? Yeah, I don't know what else they have, but I know they have some stuff. They've got Banshee. Yeah. A guy who kills a cop so he could be a cop. Yeah. That's it? That's pretty much it. I mean... But like, and then is he just a regular cop, or is he a cop with an edge? Because clearly, he's willing to do more than his most. name is Banshee. Well, no, I've, okay, so <laughs> I think that'll tell you a little bit about you him. You know what? I've got all about I his character. <laughs> I also love this in shows. I love the how many fixers there are on TV. Oh yeah. How, have you ever known a fixer in your no. life? Have you ever even heard of one? Uh, I've heard the closest I've heard I, of is uh, script doctors. Yeah. Yeah, but they're they tend to not be treated the way fixers are in TV shows and movies. If anything, they're treated with like, yeah, just come in here and just do this, all right? Like, there's no respect yeah. or anything like that. I said that to someone who's like a big fan of Scandal, and they're like, it's based on a real person. <laughs> and I was like, well, it, they're not. It, nothing looks real about the show to me. I've never seen Scandal. It's a, it's very popular now. People love it. Man, people love it because she fixes stuff. Is that is is she like a fix? Is it like at a law firm or something like no, that? No, she works for the president. Oh. She's having an affair with the president. Uh, wow, this is this is what I've been told. And then Kira Cedric fixes things. Yeah, Ray Donovan fixes things. Yeah, and then there was a guy. Uh, um, I can't remember. Name. Benjamin Brad had a show where he. Oh yeah. He would fix things. The best version of that, I think, this is, old my, house, is, is Michael things. Clayton. Oh, that's fair. I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I'm sorry I stepped on that. Ah! Um, 
This old house is the best. <laughs> I like things like local. Yeah, Michael Clayton fixed things. He fixed things, but what I liked about it is that he was brought in as a fixer, but he wasn't actually that great at his job, and he didn't get a lot of respect. Like, he wasn't Winston Wolfe oh, yeah. from Pulp Fiction, you know? Wait, I'm confusing Up in the Air with Michael Clayton. Oh, Michael Clayton's a different film than Up in the Air. Yeah. They, they do both have George Clooney in a suit. I, I remember liking Michael Clayton a lot. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Up in the Air. I love that. I love Up in the Air, too. Very I think that, is, that movie is almost perfect. Yeah? Which I don't, have to say, watch it again. I don't say lightly. But, well, what should I watch this weekend? Give me something good. Like in the theaters? Did you see David Wayne's new movie? Uh, they came uh, no, together. Uh, I want to see it. David saw it. He said it was amazing. He loved it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You should get David Wayne in here. Oh, all right. He would come. Would would he? I yeah, don't, I, don't I think, think so. I think he would like you. Admittedly, we do have a lot of inroads with him because we know uh, the editor on uh, Children's Hospital and such. Do it. Okay. Uh, I will make it a priority. You got to take, take your profile up a little bit. I've... We, I've sent out a number of emails to people that I do that I think like I bet they would do it. All you got to do I is never get an email I, back. I guess get David on here and say how good the movie is. He'll come. <sighs> yes, that's true. Did David really say that? Yes, it's his favorite movie of the year so far. Because you know, Mike, they Mike Showalter wrote it and mm-hmm. with David. I got to see it. I'm going to rent. It You're tonight. friends with everybody. Why don't you get somebody on the show? Why don't you? You, say, you want hey. me to want me to book some people for you? Sure. Who do you want here? I don't know. That's a, that's not fair conversation. No, nah, you got to put it on here. That's what the listeners want to hear. <laughs> they want to hear the inner workings of BP. Who do you got? Who can I get to come here? Yeah. In uh, West Hills? North Hills. I mean, North Hills? Yeah. It's a long drive. I can get you it. travel? We can. We probably prefer not to, but yes. <laughs> this is why this is a supplement, by the way, because of this conversation and conversations <laughs> like it. I'm taking up all your time, by the way. This conversation. You know Dustin came. Diamond? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm trying to think if I can get out here. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't. Oh, I guess I could. Look, I, I'll tell you what. This is all I will okay. ask. I could. You know what I'll do? I'll send David a message. I'll say you should do this podcast. They really like you. D- done. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's certain people that are e- an easier ask, like really film, film people, like mm-hmm. David. Like I was going to say Busy, but Busy would never come here, I don't think. Oh, okay. Just because she just wouldn't drive that far. Yeah. Not that and it's so far, it's close. Yeah, and it's right off a of freeway. It's not the end of the world. At certain times of day, it's fine. But I think certain film buffy people mm-hmm. are a good call. Oh, like yeah. Like Michael, David. Um, I could see the fit, and I could see me asking. I, I can also see you asking. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Now, what do you want from me? I don't want anything from you. Oh, man. You you already gave something, which is having me on. Oh, that's the... It's really important. You know, it's really important not to be a schnorra. You know what a schnorra is? I know you're a Christian. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't. A schnorra is like in Yiddish. Okay. Somebody who like takes and takes and takes. Oh, okay. And uh, it's really important. Like with the movie, I don't make the hard sell. I'm like, go watch it if you want. No. You know what I mean? Because I don't think people like that. Do you like the hard sell? Uh, No. Nobody likes that. I'd, uh, back when I used to do salesman stuff for uh, Blockbuster, when I worked at Blockbuster, I was a very good salesman. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know if I'd say it was a hard sell, but I layered it on pretty thick. You did. Um, and people thought it was funny. They liked what I was doing. Oh, you did kind of a bit with it. Yeah, I was just, I kind of went into a certain character. Let me hear it. Just, it. Let me right. hear it a little bit. Okay, so. By the way, this is the best episode you've done. No question about it. 
I don't know. I can't believe you're calling this a supplement. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you can make it a Maybe supplement, but people are going to be like, that's not a supplement. That was a real episode. Yeah, that's a, that's a full episode. Um, Keep their expectations low. That's what I did with the movie. Go ahead. Let me hear this character. Does he have a name? Uh, Tyler. Tyler the Blockbuster. You know, boy. I'm casting you right now, maybe, uh, for my next movie, if, fa- it, if this is good. Well, I don't mind. The listeners know. I'm going to write maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't know. I, I did win Best Actor State of Missouri in the year 2000. You did? I did. Congratulations. You know what I'm going to I'm going to write a video clerk who doesn't have a job anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, of digital. <laughs> yes. There's, and he's just kind of sad, and he miss, misses the old days. Not because of his job, but because video stores were awesome. Um, now I'm just, I'm just writing me now. But uh, so what would what would happen is you would come up with your movies, okay, and I would have to unlock them. <laughs> yeah. and I would say, I'd say, all right, I'm going to unlock your. I'd say, hello, how's it going? And I'd good, a bit heightened there. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to bend down over here. I'm going to unlock your movies while I. But when I get back, I'm going to try and sell you something. So just collect your thoughts now and then be ready. <laughs> That's good. And so then I... I oh, if you did that to me, I would be so engaged. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. And so I, I, uh, <laughs> I would unlock the three movies and I'd, be, and I'd come back and I'd say, okay, here we are. It's called the Blockbuster Rewards. I'm looking at your profile. This would benefit you all day long. So that was the Blockbuster Rewards. But then before that, there was the Movie Pass, which acted like a... Which was almost like an in-store Netflix, where... You just paid a, a flat fee per month, and you could have two movies out for as long as you want. Wow. Come in, trade them out. You don't have to pay anything. Everything's fine. No. Uh, and there are people that would do it every day. They really got their money's worth. But anyway, so it was called the the movie pass. But yeah. some people called it the freedom pass because they're free from late fees. And so sure. I would say, I would say I'm going to sell you something. It's the movie pass or the freedom pass, so called by people who love freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and so just stuff like that it was really cheesy, but I, I was always uh, I bet that worked it worked very well did you get a little bump in your salary when you signed people up uh, around Christmas I got a good commission on that you did <clears throat> and then I sold it to uh, oh hell what's his name Eric McCormick sure was, Will yeah. and Grace Will and Grace yeah he came to the Blockbuster where I worked in uh, Studio City and I sold him the Blockbuster Rewards you were, I used to go into that blockbuster. Yeah, I probably, I probably, uh, probably saw you. Probably saw you. You never did that bit on me though. I would have remembered. Yeah, I stopped giving a shit after a while. You did. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's one where I keep your acting chops up. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. It's like, um, uh, who's the guy that played Moses? Charles. Uh, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston used to do a monologue every day in the pool. Same monologue. Hmm. Keep his uh, chops up. I do have three monologues memorized at any given time in case of an audition. Incidentally, I haven't gone on an audition in, I don't know, 13 years. Ugh, audition's the worst. It's They're good. The worst. It's a favor. It's good. Don't, yeah. don't ever go on an audition. Yeah, I don't act anymore, and yet somehow I still have those monologues in mind. Oh, you should. What about a battle pretension movie, huh? Why don't you make one? You've got a film, you've got a film background. Yeah, what would that movie be, though? Like about the almost like a, the social network. You know what it should be? It should about be about making of Battleship Pretension. It should be you guys in like a time machine, mm-hmm. and you're going through all different movies. So you're like you're Bill and Ted, then you're Goodfellas, <laughs> then like you're R two D two and David, like you're C three PO and David's R two D two. Okay, and then you know you're like you're in Blazing Saddles. That's what it should be. Real low budget, green screen. <laughs> 
<laughs> and make it for your fans. Come on, you have a phone background. How funny would that be? Because you guys, would, yeah, you guys are so not action heroes. Not that I am either. I'm just saying, like that I would feel be personally insulted. No, come on, that would be funny though. That's what's funny about it. Fair enough. And then in the end, like take your favorite movies. Okay. But don't do ones that are obscure that no one knows. You big film nerd. Well, define obscure. My like, don't be pulling out like you know. Japanese movies and stuff. It's uh, we're 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 doing Orson Welles, uh, unknown. I don't know. You know, just do do films people know. That's all. Let me ask you this: Do you know the movie Nashville? Yeah, isn't it like four hours long? It's like two. At this point, it's pr- can, by today's standards pretty short, actually, for the kind of movie it is. I think it's like two two forty five, like two thirty. I think. I tried to. I have to be honest with you. I've never gotten into Robert, Robert Altman movies, and I was supposed to. Maybe I'm older now and I can. I tried a couple times and I was like, "What's going on?" I got bored. <laughs> I was. I'm. I'm a sucker for him. He's not. Is it for funny? Everybody. I think sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. One of the things that I, uh, you know, this is a. I apologize for putting it this way, but one of the reasons that I like Nashville specifically is I feel like it is about as close as you can get to like God's point of view. Yeah. Of humanity. I have no problem because- with your God. Oh, okay. So you can go ahead. Okay. I love it. I mean, I'm not religious, but I love hearing people about people's religion. It's really fascinating. All right, fair enough. So go for it. Um, but I just, that idea, because first off, it's a large cast. Yeah. Uh, lots of people. That's a pretty standard Altman thing. Uh, but it's, you get humor, you get tragedy, yeah. you get violence, you get uh It's wandering. Happiness. It's wandering though, right? A lot of yeah, what I was... It's follow- I mean, it's following the same people, but it, it is very much that wandering kind of thing. And it just feels like you get the whole of humanity in that film. Mm. And, at the, and there's a lot of cynicism in there because people can be pretty terrible sometimes. But there's, I think, it ends on a note of, of optimism, I think. I Cautious that. optimism. Oh, wow. And so that's one of the reasons that I... That All I right, I'm going to try to get into that because I should, I should watch him. What about Paul Thomas Anderson? Do you like him? I do. I love him. Yeah, did you see The Master? Yeah. That's a... It's pretty impressive. I only saw it once. It was my favorite movie of that year. Yeah. I own it. I need to watch it again. But unsurprisingly, it's a film I don't find myself in the mood for very often. Um, yeah. Like, you know, that's two hours that you're spending with Joaquin Phoenix's character. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a wonderful performance, but yeah. Pretty damn good. Philip Seymour Hoffman's pretty amazing in it, too. Oh, God. He was so good. What a shame. He was good. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm going to a screening. He's in a movie called uh, uh, "A Most Wanted Man." Yeah, it's based on a John Le Carre novel. The guy who wrote Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, and uh, I've heard it's really good. And so I'm going to a screening in a couple weeks, and I'm. I couldn't be more excited. Oh man, that's the that's the bummer about. That's one of the sad things about Philip Seymour Hoffman dying is that he was fairly young. You know that he he would have had thirty more years of amazing performances in him and it's it's a very sad thing have you seen the sequel to tinker taylor soldier spy <sighs> it's a shrinky dink <laughs> dinkle cry <laughs> uh, you're a father of uh, you're the father of a five and eight year old you say <laughs> what are the odds you're a grown man you say you're a grown man with a fully formed brain <laughs> All right. I think we will probably end there. Let's this do was, it. I this was, go. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I, thought, should, I thought we should, really made some inroads here today. Absolutely. You should, uh, you should come more often. I'll not come just anytime. Got, just, not just when you have something to plug. I tell you what. Mr. Opportunist. 
I'll come anytime. You never invited me. <laughs> I had to call you. Th- that is true. I invited myself on the show this time. That is true. And you were yes. like, okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if you, if you want. It's actually, I love when people do that. because you Especially do? if it's people that have been on the show before. Oh, good. It shows that uh, at the very least we're uh, still in their mind. I used to like it too when I did a podcast. I love it. It's yeah. like, it's, why did you? Why did you? Uh, it's been a while. Oh, yeah, what, like two years. I don't know, I just, uh, just there was no end to it. You got to be like a real soldier to do a podcast. I like the idea of something ending, hmm. cutting out early again. This thing yeah. that we're talking about, but there's no end to it. It's like oh, another episode, oh, another episode, and it was so much work getting it up, and there was no money. Yeah, that's uh, that is true. And I enjoyed it. It bums me out a little bit that. I don't do it anymore, but, um, but that's the thing. You've got other things like podcasting is kind of all I have. And I still find it remarkably rewarding. And it's great. Um, Put your own podcast with your own audience. It's great. You can say whatever you want. Like you just did an episode where you did whatever you wanted. Yeah. That's the best. That's the beauty of it. So there's not many jobs like that. That's true. You know, I mean, you're, you're making and, uh, money this, at it. This is also not a job like You're that. making money at it. I'm making, we're making some money. Yes. I mean, that's really impressive. Yes, it's very, it is very exciting. And You uh, gotta get, you gotta raise the profile of the show. That's all you gotta do. More, I, more show, more money. Uh, that is, that is true. And, uh, we are, we're working on it, but, uh, and admittedly, like we've, uh, I just hit myself <laughs> in the face with the mic, everybody. Okay there? Yeah, all right. It's a good, nice, nice foam on the top. It <laughs> yeah, that's hurt. why we do it. Cause, uh, like I said, Fadim's on the show a lot. Um, <laughs> I mean, he broke his wrist doing his crazy pratfalls. He did uh, in here. Not, not in here, but on stage uh, like a few months ago. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw him with a broken wrist. Yeah. Wow, that's commitment. That's well, and that's him. He's nothing if not committed. But uh, okay, so right, we're gonna we're gonna end it here. Tyler, I've, I always appreciate it when the guest yawns right on Mike. Oh man, I've been, I got this dog. It wakes me up every day, in the <laughs> middle of the night. Just wakes, jumps on the bed, and steps on my balls. Oh, all right. Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. You've got this theory of cutting out early. There's a lot of relationships that sound like they're a real hassle. This yeah. dog, your children, yeah, your wife, yeah. So you gotta you gotta cut out early. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I you're know. you're a big movie star now. It's time to start over. I'll never be in another movie again. I'm sure. Well, you'll direct one, and you'll be in that, right? Uh, was that a it was well. that a challenge? Do you not? Do you not like acting? Uh, I like acting stuff I write. I don't really like acting other people's okay. stuff. I mean, I, I, unless it was like somebody really amazing. Like, because know. I will say, uh, okay, and we're back into the show, but I, I, will, I will use this as to transition back into Jason Nash is Married, and then we will end. Uh, the performance is very good. By me? Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. And, uh, and if I'm being honest, no offense, I didn't expect it to be. Oh, thanks. Just because... Uh, yeah, why would you? I, I don't think of you as an actor. Sure. And early on, it's like, oh, this is going to be... This is going to be real acting. This is going to be, like, yeah. sad stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. This is going to be the range of emotions. Hell yeah, brother. Is this... Uh, and I just thought, like, is Jason going to be able to pull this off? And uh, the answer is yes. Ah, oh, it's awesome, man. Thank so, you so much. Well done. Thank you. And I think some of that probably does come from the fact that you were the writer of this and that you knew what you wanted yeah, and you were able to do it. Uh, in college, when I was making films, I would cast myself in them, not because I particularly, not because I wanted to be in them, but because it's like, I know what I can do. 
It's just easier. It's just easier. You gotta, you gotta convey it to another person. Yeah. You gotta bring somebody in and go, okay, so, and then they go, they do it that They go, no, 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 no. It's, it's like this. Yeah. When my wife did this to me, see, you're like that. And it's, it's a whole layer you don't need, yeah. I think. I do think it would have been funny to have somebody else playing a character named Jason Nash. Well, that's funny. That would have been pretty funny. But that's all right. That's a good idea. I should do that for my next film. That'd Absolutely. be so inside, though. Then, then you would be like Woody Allen. You would have the Jason Nash surrogate, but literally named Jason Nash. But, okay, so Jason Nash is Married is available on iTunes. You can go to jasonnashismarried.com. Yeah. And find out all the – you can watch the deleted scenes in lieu of watching the film if that's – if you're – Huh. Uh, so inclined, um, but yeah, I do. I really enjoyed the movie. You can rent it for three ninety nine on iTunes. Three ninety nine, and how long do you have that for? Uh, well, you can have it for a long, like a month. But once you watch it, you only have it for twenty four hours. Oh, okay. All but right. just watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's a good window. Yeah, you, I think you'll be all right. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, and so I was just. Uh, I, I will say that once you start it. But if you don't start it, it can just sit there and wait for you. Yeah, that's nice. That's a yeah. sweet deal. But yeah. once you start it, hey, cup of it's coffee, like, a latte, <laughs> cost a latte. Now I am doing the hard sell. Yeah, tell them for the price of a tell mere them. latte. Tell them again how good I was at the acting and then say all the names <laughs> that are in it. I can't remember the names of everybody. Say a couple. Uh, well, let's see. Jimmy Pardo's in it. No, he's not. Paul F. Tompkins is in it. Jimmy Pardo's not in it. Mark Maron's <laughs> in it. Uh, Chris Hardwick is in it. Tom Cruise. I'm really trying. It is actually harder to think of the people that aren't in it than the people that right. are. That's Did true. I, everyone I named, they're not in it, right? Tompkins is in it. Tompkins is in it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Of course, he's the he's the counselor. That's he's right. Uh, silly of me. And he's wonderful. I, I he's amazing. I love that part a lot. He's amazing. Um, he's a good actor, man. Yeah, he's he is. Uh, I he's don't understand why he's not like in every movie. I think he's that funny, and he's the funniest. Pre- I would say, like, top five people that are funny to me, like Norm, Paul Tompkins, Louie, you know, and then a couple other people. It, uh, Paul Tompkins is so funny. Yeah, Paul F. Tompkins is, he is very much up there. He's the most, me. he's the most well-rounded comedian I know. Hmm. Stand-up album is brilliant. Yeah. Sketch work, like Cake Boss, brilliant. Yes. And then, like, real acting. Yeah, that's true. He's so well-rounded, like, I can't even get over it. We gotta get him back on the show. He was on a few years ago. He's a great, and he's a fantastic podcast guest. Yeah, he's like the best. And he shows up on all of them, listeners. Yeah, if you're in the Los Angeles area, and probably if you've got Skype capabilities, and if you want Paul F. Tompkins to be on your show, he probably will be. Oh yeah, he was on this one. He'll probably be on yours. Yeah, he came to uh, West Hills, North Hills. No, the, uh, he came to North Hollywood. Oh, North Hollywood. I remember the old so. studio. That's nice. Um, Jimmy's got a new studio. He does. Yes, it's nice. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't use their studio anymore. Now it's, yeah. uh, we've got, you know, we've got a high enough profile. It's like, screw it. You can just come to my house. Good. Yeah. Good. These people. To hell with them. In fact, you too. Why don't you get out of here? All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. Bye.